Do you seek the freedom to pursue greater meaning and purpose in your life? Is there something that you're passionate about that you'd like to support by giving time, talent, or money? Do you seek a level of financial freedom to live an ideal life as you uniquely define it? Welcome to the Money and Meaning Show with Jeff Bernier, a show dedicated to helping you gain the confidence and freedom to lead a life of personal significance and help you get your actions and resources in alignment with what matters most. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Money and Meaning Show with Jeff Bernier. My name's Mike Bernard. I am your host. Thanks for being with us. And like Jeff, I am a certified financial planner licensee. This show is all about helping you discover what matters most and then helping you get your actions and resources in alignment with those goals. We combine excellence in wealth management with the pursuit of meaning and purpose in your life. That's what this show is all about. Jeff Bernier is the founder, president, and chief investment officer of Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, a wealth management firm in Alpharetta, Georgia, a suburb in the greater Atlanta area. Hello, Mike. It's uh, great to be back in the studio with you and discussing wealth management planning and importantly, aligning actions and resources with what matters most. That's right. Glad to be here as well. So it's April. How's uh, tax season gone so far? Well, we've we've certainly been busy getting clients and their accountants the information they needed to complete their returns. And, you know, obviously it's too late for tax planning, yeah. you know, once we get to January. But, uh, of course, and there's some surprises uh, by the results of the of the tax law. And, and of course, with a difficult fourth quarter, um, you know, we were able to harvest Mm-hmm. Some uh, some losses for tax purposes, and of course the advance this quarter or the first quarter rather has been certainly a, a pleasant surprise. All right. So, what do you want to talk about today on today's episode? You know, I, th- I think I'd like to follow up from our last um, discussion last month, uh, where we talked about retirement income planning and the case for being a shareholder in the world's great businesses, stocks, mm-hmm. with you know with a significant portion of your of your portfolio to create a rising income stream. Last month, we addressed another one of the great goals of life questions. Do you have an investment strategy for tripling your income when you're retired? So is that the problem we're addressing today? Yeah, that is, that is the problem. I mean, creating a rising income stream, and we discussed a partial solution, which is to own asset classes that have historically provided this. But the problem I want to discuss today is investors' desire for certainty and the potential cost associated with a guarantee of, quote, certainty. Yeah, actually, before we jumped on the air, we were talking a little bit about this, how often you see this in your practice, how often we see it in ours up here. So is this something that comes up in your practice a lot? Well, it, it does come up in, the, in terms of the products that new clients walk in with occasionally or investors own. And just recently, I've just had a number of clients come in with products that attempt to address a psychological need for quote safety, and I do put I do put safety in quotation marks, and they want they want guarantees. And in my opinion, some of these products may not deliver what is expected. Yeah. We speak a lot about the uncertainty in the capital markets and how investors over time are compensated for bearing risk. There's a there's a, a connection between risk and reward. So is that the issue? Y- yeah. Well, I, I you know I'm rereading a book uh, that discusses the information that's contained in Surprise and how uncertainty is actually a good thing. Uh, and maybe maybe we'll do a show on this book at some point. It's really, it's really helpful. Uh, but the main thing I'd like to discuss today is these products that offer the guarantees and just have a frank discussion that asks the question. 
is it possible that the proposed cure, these guaranteed products, may actually cause the disease, which is the client's inability to create a rising income stream to last through a long retirement. Oh my goodness, that is fascinating. I'm assuming we'll get a little pushback from some advisors who very much like to tout these sorts of products. Well, sure, Um, and I'm certainly open to evidence that shows that these products are likely to work, but to date, just just call me skeptical. (laughs) So we were, again, before we, we started recording, I was sort of trying to anticipate in our own practice up here in South Bend, Indiana, that more people after the fourth quarter would be seeking these sorts of tools. Um, So why do you think these products are so popular? Yeah, well, related to the fourth quarter, um, you you know, I think it was so short um, that it really may not have had enough time. I mean, if we had had a longer downturn, you might have heard more. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the financial crisis of 2007 and 2009 is partly to blame um, for you know, f- for the popularity of these products, and as a matter of fact, some of these new relationships I've discussed that I've that I visited with recently purchased these products right after the downturn. So, after stocks had fallen significantly from peak to trough, precisely the time you probably wouldn't want to emotionally, you'd want to, but financially, you wouldn't. Cor- correct. But um, but the popularity. I mean, who wouldn't want to avoid a fifty percent drop? Yeah. And so that makes the products uh, popular. And of course, you know, when somebody, as you mentioned, when somebody bought the products in 2008 and 2009, they bought them at a time when the expected return on stocks was actually high, right. to, your, to your point. Uh, but who would not want the promise of equity returns uh, and, and, as one advertisement says, that don't lose money? Uh, so everyone would want that. I mean, we all want equity returns without equity risk of or volatility. And, and of course, when investors want something, like guarantees, after the market's gone down a bunch, the financial services industry will meet that need, even if the product's not necessarily good for the investor. Well, it's capitalism right there. So, okay, so why don't you define these products that we're talking about? Well, I have to be careful here because they do, they, there are a lot of different flavors. They, they go by a lot of different names. Um, they, they all have different features, but generally speaking, they're deferred variable annuities with guaranteed withdrawal benefits or, or living benefits, some some call. But anyway, so a guaranteed minimum withdrawal benefit, as an example, is a rider or a contract attached to these variable annuity insurance policies, and it guarantees the policyholder a stream of retirement income regardless of market volatility. Yeah, I mean, there's the appeal right there. So what's not to like? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it sounds great. So, well, first of all, it's really complex. So the complexity, um, and I, I seriously doubt that most investors really understand what they own. I, I, quite frankly, I also doubt that many of the salespeople even know what they're selling. I mean, sure, they have really nice brochures and really compelling marketing material, but the last prospectus I was looking at was over 100 pages, and that didn't even include the prospectus for the investment options. Right. That was just the features and the cost and the the formulas. Um, and the formulas, speaking of the formulas, the formulas internal for how the guarantees are calculated and under what conditions you can receive these guaranteed payments is just mattingly complex with detailed formulas. Mm-hmm. And, and remember, um, a team of actuaries and experts who work for the insurance company are creating the product. 
So do we really think that the design favors the investor over the insurance company? It reminds me of a quote from our friend, the Oracle of Omaha, beware of geeks bearing formulas. So Warren Buffett <laughs> once said, beware of geeks bearing formulas. I so like when, I read, when I read these contracts, that's what I think about sometimes. That's, that's quite objective, the way you laid it out there. W- what about other concerns? Well, cost. Uh, the overall cost of these products and the riders involved lead me to believe that at the end of the day, the investor is likely to earn the guarantees and nothing more. Um, so remember, the promise is to get upside market participation with a guaranteed minimum. That's, that's basically what they're promising. And again, the costs are so high that the cost could eat up any of the market participation such that all you get is the guarantee. Mm-hmm. Um, therefore, I'd, if I was looking at these as an investor, I would just assume the economic benefit is the guarantee. Yep. Um, the last product I looked uh, looked at had about a 2.6% total cost structure, 2.6. Um, I, I looked at one prior to that that was over 3% yep. when you added in all the cost. And if you'll recall, we had a show recently where we talked about uh, lower expected returns. I think it was back in episode 11. And so if a reasonable expected return in a balanced portfolio is somewhere between 5 and 6% before cost, Right. If you lose 2.6% to fees, well, you, you do the math. Yeah. So the after-tax return could be less than inflation, meaning if you obey all the rules, you might just get the guarantees. What do you, what do you mean by obey all the rules? Well, you do, you do have guarantees, but again, in that 102-page perspective, it has all the rules that you have to meet in order to get the guarantees. And this is where this complexity and the actuaries with formulas come in. In the products that I've looked at, to get the guaranteed return, there's just a whole series of requirements. For instance, um, your sub-account choices are limited, so you've got to use certain sub-accounts. In the last product I looked at, when you turn the guaranteed income stream on, if you take uh, more than the guarantee, you lose the, quote, benefit base and you're reduced down to the account value. Yeah, I've seen that too. And it effectively wipes out your guarantee that you've been paying for all these years because you took out more than the the withdrawal base. Because you wanted to buy a car and so you took Twenty grand out, or you or had an emergency, like exactly, or, or, yeah, or whatever. So, so some of the uh, guaranteed income products also require you to annuitize using less than attractive annuity tables, which is what you would expect. I mean, of course, there is a price to the guarantee. Mm-hmm. Um, some don't require you to annuitize. Instead, you're just taking these systematic guaranteed withdrawals. Um, and those would have unfavorable tax treatment. So, because we do taxes, yeah, I'm familiar with that. But why don't you why don't you explain that? I mean, uh, essential, essentially, it's last in, first out for a non IRA, non tax sheltered annuity. That, that's that's exactly right. So, if it's not an IRA, uh, and it's a it's a deferred, you know, variable annuity or, or annuity, if you take withdrawals as opposed to annuitizing it you're taxed on 100% of the distribution until you've recovered all your accumulated gains. So you pay tax first. Uh, then you recover your tax basis tax-free once you've taken out all the gains. And of course, it's taxed at ordinary income, the highest tax rate. When you annuitize it, which basically says you no longer own the value anymore, but you're going to get a guaranteed check for a period of time, 
um, you do recover your gain and your basis with every piece. Yeah. But in these products that it's a withdrawal, it's all it's all taxed. And as, as I mentioned, it's all ordinary income. So, you know, you could have taken a diversified portfolio of capital gain property, which has favorable tax treatment, moved it into one of these variable annuities, um, and you're basically taking capital gain property, and which is lower mm-hmm. tax liability when you sell it, and moved it into a vehicle that has higher tax liability when you distribute it. And of course, uh, in an annuity that's in an IRA, all distributions are ordinary income. They don't have that favorable lower capital gains tax rate, um, regardless of whether you annuitize or just take systematic distributions. That's correct. So if you owned an IRA annuity, it would it would all be taxable, correct? All right. So what are some of the other concerns that you have with these types of tools? Well, you know, many of them have significant long surrender charges. So there's back end penalties. And that makes sense because the insurance company has to have the money long enough, um, you know, to, to, to get their cost. Uh, so if you're in it, there may be a significant penalty to get out. Um, some might even look at this as an advantage. You know, it keeps the investors invested, quote, for the long term. You know, in my previous life, I might even agreed with that sentiment in, in some circumstances. But today, I place a really high value on liquidity, transparency, and cost. And, and many of these products just fail on all three of these parameters. So, uh, and, and speaking of transparency, you know, these products have traditionally paid high commissions to the to the salesperson, usually up front. Mm-hmm. And so it'd be nice if it was disclosed to the investor you, what these what these fees are, what these commissions are. And of course, with a large upfront commission, you know, once the product is placed, there's little economic incentive for the advisor, agent, salesperson to continue to serve the client. Uh, um, you know, and uh, as an aside, I just noticed uh, in our industry, uh, this is, you know, this is getting sort of um, shop talk here with you mm-hmm. and I, Mike, mm-hmm. but, you know, our industry has this whole trend towards moving to a more fiduciary mindset, and it's been delayed. Right. Uh, and I just read last week that sales of these products has gone up significantly when the fiduciary rule is not being enforced. Yep, I saw that so as well. It's, it's, so um, it, it talked like it was consumer demand, but I think it was just salesperson incentive not having to be disclosed sales go up. And and what that means here, I mean, Jeff, we're laying out a very objective view of these tools, but without the fiduciary standard, it's buyer beware. Right. Right? That's right. And with the geeks with formulas, it's really hard to to see through that to to really be beware. Correct. Right? Correct. So, all cool. right. Can you can you give me some examples of the guarantees that you've seen? Yeah, and they and and they and they do sound very appealing. Uh, the last one I looked at had a benefit what, what's called a benefit base that grew six percent in the first ten years, that meaning regardless of how your underlying investments did the accounting balance that guarantees this future income will grow at no less than 6% a year. Hmm. So, you know, you, you invest in this balanced fund inside the annuity, and you'll, you'll get the greater of the balanced fund results or 6%. And remember, um, my guess is over time you're going to get the 6% because right. the ad- additional fees are going to wipe out. Uh, any excess return you might have received. With lower expected returns, I mean, that actually might sound pretty good. Yes, it does. I I agree. 6% sounds great. And if you could take any withdrawal you want, or if you could surrender the annuity for the, quote, benefit base, you, you, you... you, that'd be great, but you can't. You can't. And remember the geeks with their formulas. In the product, that in this product I looked at, at 65, 
you could take 5% of your benefit base every year with no changes. So no growth, no changes. So if, if you took out a dollar more, again, you're down to the accumulated value and the 6% compounding benefit base would have disappeared. That you've paid for. It's that gone. you've paid for all these years. And mm-hmm. so I just wonder how many investors many years down the road are going to remember all these rules, especially if the advisor is no longer in the picture. So the frying print you know, says that the insurance company can change the payout percentage in the future. And of course, the irony of all of this is when many of these products were purchased 10 years ago, the returns in a simple balanced portfolio without excessive fees would have grown significantly more than four, yeah. uh, uh, than 6% a year. Yeah, that's right. If someone is in one of these types of products right now and wants to reduce the cost or decides the guarantees are really not worth the costs, what are their options? Well, obviously an analysis really needs to be done to evaluate the cost, the current guaranteed benefit base, this, this accounting fee number, uh, the accumulated value should be looked at, the surrender charges, calculate the guaranteed income stream, and finally, the potential taxable gains. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if you've got these um, embedded uh, gains, you've got to evaluate that. And of course, you should look at the quality of the insurance carrier and the investment choices inside the product. Um, it, it may make sense to keep the annuity. Uh, it may make sense to liquidate it and reinvest in lower cost strategies without the expensive, quote, guarantees. Uh, or it may make sense to do a tax-free exchange to a newer, lower-cost, no-surrender-charge annuity in order to improve the underlying investments, but at least reduce the cost from that 2.6 to something much lower. Mm-hmm. So before we got on the show here, we were talking a little bit about these types of tools. and. Um, there's an there's an individual that's known in our industry as an annuity expert and he actually goes so far as to say annuities are terrible investments they're great for guarantees they're terrible investments and what you're talking about is they're mixing sort of the two and and as an investor you should not be confused. By the guarantee, they make terrible investments. So, so that's that's this individual, yeah. this expert's right. opinion. Right. Are you a fan of any annuity products out there? Well, let me start by saying that I think the insurance industry has a terrific opportunity to serve a huge social need by creating guaranteed income products for many investors who have not saved enough and need a guaranteed income stream. You know, we, very few people have pensions anymore. Uh, and... and um, and so I don't have near the reservations with guaranteed income annuities or even the newer deferred income annuities where you put in a lump sum and t- 20 years from now you get a guaranteed income stream. And those are newer those right. are newer kind of products. But these products, you know, these products do provide guaranteed income streams without the complexity and high cost of these variable annuities with these guaranteed withdrawal benefits or or, or, or whatnot. Uh, and we'll probably do more work on these. And if more good, low-cost products are developed, I'm sure we will look at them. But, you know, and finally, I'll, you know, I'll keep an open mind if someone can convince me that these particular products are worth the cost. I've I'm certainly evolved my thinking on other insurance products in the past. And, um, you know, we, we're called to be filters for our clients, to be fiduciary filters, yeah. to try to look at the options. And if the evidence is compelling, I'm, I'm certain I will change my tune. But to date, I'm not there. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Any final comments before we uh, shut down this episode for the month? Well, just my normal uh, admonition to embrace uncertainty. I mean, we don't live in a certain world. 
uh, and to prove improve the odds of success, we need to invest rationally and not emotionally. And I think a lot of these products are just created to to you know to play on investors' fears. All right. All right. Well, there it is. Another episode of the Money and Meaning Show with Jeff Bernier. I hope you found today's discussion helpful, interesting, and helping you combine your actions and resources to help you reach your goals. Uh, listen, I'd invite you to check out the podcast, all previous episodes right there on iTunes. When you go there, just search Money and Meaning and go ahead and give it a five-star review. Share it with your friends if you'd like. Also, if you want more content, feel free to check out Jeff's blog at tandemgrowth.com forward slash perspectives. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Money and Meaning Show with Jeff Bernier, a show dedicated to help you gain the confidence and freedom to lead a life of personal significance and help you get your actions and resources in alignment with what matters most. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions for Jeff or Mike or comments on the show, feel free to reach out to us at moneyandmeaning at tandemgrowth.com. Or you can find us on the web at www.tandemgrowth.com. Jeff Bernier is the President and Chief Investment Officer at Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. This show is a production of Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, LLC. All information discussed is general in nature, is provided for informational purposes only, and should not be construed as specific financial, legal, or tax advice. Listeners should consult an attorney or tax professional regarding their specific legal or tax situation. Listeners should not rely on the content of this podcast as the basis for any investment decisions. A professional advisor should be consulted, and or independent due diligence should be conducted before implementing anything discussed in this show. While information presented is believed to be factual and up-to-date, Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, LLC, does not guarantee its accuracy, and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. Tandem Growth Financial Advisors, LLC, does not make any representations or warranties as to the accuracy, timeliness, suitability, completeness, or relevance of any information prepared by any unaffiliated third party, such as guests on the podcast, and takes no responsibility for the same.